And welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit, YouTube, search for Pride of Detroit. And uh, let's get this out of the way real quick. Guys, I believe I have found that missing 11th man from that Dalvin Cook 70-yard touchdown. Lions only had 10 men on the field. I was looking all over for him, and uh, I found him in a 7-Eleven. Just getting some, just getting some snacks, you know. It, it happens. You got to go when you, when the calling comes, man. You got to hit seven. Not a sponsor. You probably should sponsor us though. I'm Chris. That was bad. I'm Chris Perfett, adequate host, being adequate at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. The man. If you're watching on Twitch, to my right, clearly not amused at all about any of this, is Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online. How's it going, Jeremy? Not well, not great. Um, if anyone hung around for our post game show, I was a little bit angry during that post game show. So uh, this, since we're recording, I'm trying to be a little more professional, trying to rise my spirits a little bit. So I am going to eat this entire bowl of Halloween candy during this show, and hopefully it'll help my spirits. You're also wearing, I will note, the old Jim Bob Cooter for president shirt. Yes, sell. Yes, Years and ago. we'll we'll get to why in a little bit. Oh, jeez, wow. Well, we have the third man here with us, Ryan Matthews. At Ryan underscore P-O-D. Ryan, I don't see any butterfingers in his bowl. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, welcome to the basement of the NFC North, everybody. It's leaking, sewage is coming up from the floor, and it's not fixable. I'm pretty sure there's a rat in here, too, and his name is Matt Patricia. Is this is this a Martin Scorsese film? Is the rat going to come across the screen? The rat the rat represents exactly what you want it to represent at the end of the movie. It is right in your face, that metaphor to not be a rat. We must show you the rat. It's very, very clever by yeah, Scorsese. He's he's what are you eating first? Is that Reese's? Oh, yeah, I downed a Reese's already. We're I we're, saw that we're kicking this off. Wow, you're you're really, really emotionally eating. Mm-hmm. I yeah, have to kick him. Awesome. I have Good to, for you. I have to kick him a column to edit later. So he's just he's he's gonna be he's gonna be Wilford Brimley on us. Think things are so dire. I'm gonna eat this garbage piece of candy. I'm gonna eat a freaking payday. payday. I don't yeah, even know what payday are, is. Paydays are gross. It's just like way too much caramel and a bunch of peanuts. Yeah. Just hard peanuts. They just like why? want to attack the top of your mouth. Okay, Most peanuts why? are usually hard. Thank you. You know what isn't hard? Scoring on the Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, clearly not. Clearly not as the Minnesota Vikings, the anemic, disgustingly bad Minnesota Vikings walk all over the Detroit Lions 34 to 20. Uh, thanks, by the way, Chase Daniel, for that garbage time touchdown to make that score look a little more respectable than what it actually is. Um, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to have the blazing hot take. The Lions did not look good in this game. I know that's controversial for some people, but we're going to break it all down for you here over the next hour or so on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. I do not believe the Lions were good in this game. Hot Some hard hitting, hard hitting analysis there. Hard <clears throat> hitting analysis. We're going to do our takeaways now on why we believe that is such a hot take. I'm sure both Ryan and Jeremy are lining up to shoot me down and tell me how it wasn't so. Let me tell you, though, first and get all my sarcasm dripping like venom out of the way 
and say that the Lions are who we thought they were. Dennis Green. The Lions are who we thought they were for the entire year, and we were just in denial about it the entire time. And what this team is, outside of its denial, is not a serious football team. And you don't need to treat them like a serious football team. Because clearly, they don't want to be a serious football team. I don't know where that starts. I don't know if it starts with the coordinators, or Matt Patricia, or Matt Stafford, who did not have a good game. You can't really roll out the excuses for him when he throws back-to-back interceptions on drives, completely misreads coverage on one of them. Uh, I don't know if you can say it's not serious because of Adrian Peterson, who is still out there getting the ball and immediately running at a pile of purple jerseys like he's still playing for Minnesota. I don't know where to start with that. All I can tell you is that this team was what we all worried about, what we all were in denial about for a very long time, that thanks to the back-and-forth nature of the NFL season, we kept thinking, hey, they might have a shot here. They might pull something out. Hey, the Falcons are playing with your emotions. Hey, the Colts loss sucked, but guess what? Still in the running for it all. I think after this loss, though, this is the big kick in the nuts that you needed, the big wake-up call to tell you that the Emperor is a damn naked menace running around town. Lions? Nah, man. It's halfway point in the season. We know who you are, and it's fraudulent, and it sucks. It sucks because this is the make-or-break year. It sucks because you're going to probably sit here until the end of the year with Matt, with Matt Patricia trying to tell you why you should take this team seriously. There's nothing to take this team seriously about because you know exactly what's going to happen in these games. The, 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 who, who, are, who are the Vikings coming into this game? Well, what they weren't was Dalvin Cook running on you 250 yards from scrimmage total. Hey, man, I thought more. you were supposed to... Should have been more. Hey, man, I thought this was supposed to be a team that stops the run. Wasn't that the whole raison d'etre of the uh, raison d'etre, or however you say it? I'm not good with French. Uh, for the Lions' defense, where'd that go? Kirk Cousins, 83.3 QBR. What's going on there? You can't stop Kirk Cousins, of all people, in this year? Lion, uh, Vikings' defense, been really bad this year. You're getting stomped around by them. You're in the basement. We kind of were saying, hey, the NFC North was going to be bad. It took us a while to get here. It took the the Bears finally falling apart. It took the Vikings like slamming weirdly, uh, slamming the brakes immediately after they left the garage. But guess what? The Lions have finally joined them down there too. The order's complete. This division sucks and the Lions suck the most out of them. I'm done. Yeah, but if Swift catches that pass, they're four and four. (laughs) <laughs> you know, Jeremy, Jeremy, you held up that Hershey's bar right as Chris was talking about Adrian Peterson, and there's mm-hmm. no better candy bar to describe Adrian Peterson. Probably Boring. awesome in its heyday, in its prime. Imagine how awesome a milk chocolate bar was in 2020. Not that fun. Not that cool. Not that exciting. And also lacks vision. I mean, it's it's. It's getting outrageously bad. Like the 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 thing my big takeaway from today though is I think that this might be the swan song for Matthew Stafford in Detroit. And I'm really I'm going to be really bummed out if this is the bitter end. If Matt Patricia, yes, Matthew Stafford, the Reese's take 5 
of quarterbacks. Um, I'm going to be really bummed out if this is his, if this is his end, end in Detroit. If this is the way things end with Matthew Stafford in Detroit, could you be more bummed out? Could you be more, could you be more just absolutely despondent? Could you be more bitter? Could you harbor more ill will towards Matt Patricia and this coaching staff? Like, not only has Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, like, you, you think that this year is bad? Get ready for the next couple of years, folks, because there's a lot of cleaning that the Lions have to do in order to get this team back to where it needs to be. Remember how bad the Dolphins were last year? I mean, they're experiencing a pretty quick turnaround because they were able to absolutely fleece the Houston Texans. I, I, don't, I don't know what the Lions are going to be able to do, but I don't know if they're going to do it with Matthew Stafford. I don't know if keeping Matthew Stafford going forward makes sense for the Detroit Lions. I, I don't. And I think that I, 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 this sucks. It sucks. It, it, it's, it's the worst of all timelines. Do you believe? Oh, sorry. Go on, Jeremy. I was just going to say there's something about watching a game in which Matthew Stafford doesn't play well that hurts more than just a normal. Like, there's not a lot of things this team can do to hurt me more anymore, given how bad it's been the past three years. And then, you know, take everything from the 2000s and add that on top. But when Matthew Stafford plays bad, too, it's just like. It's that that gut feeling that there's no hope. It's abandoned all hope. There's exactly. all hope because there, there's nothing going right. If, if Matthew Stafford isn't at the top of his game, the Lions don't stand a chance. And it's been that way since, what, 2014? And, and that was the year that he had a governor placed on him when he finally had a good defense. So, I mean, it, it's, for, for the past six years, it's been, hey, Matthew Stafford, save us. And when he's not there to save you, things go sour and they go sideways in a hurry. He is the one remaining. I think why it sucks for you guys is that I, I'm, I've been thinking about this. I was talking with Mansur in chat about this. He is the last remaining piece over all these years. As much as you, as much as fans complain about the Fords, the ownership's changed. The coach has changed. The coordinators, the general manager, every piece on this team has changed since 2000 and since about Nine. 2008, 2009, whatever. Uh, Except for Matthew Stafford. Don Muehlbeck. Don. Okay, Matthew Stafford and Don Muehlbeck. <laughs> One of those guys is your rock. One of them probably should be your rock, but it's, he's not. Instead, you're going to this other rock. I can't really encourage it. I, I can't really like think about it as anything other than like this was a really bad game for Stafford. He's so disappointing in this game. Like, I just, I, I don't know what to make of it, man. Like, what, what, what I, I know f- I'm out of excuses for him, too. Like, I know it's going to come up that it's like, hey, he didn't get to practice this week. Cool. Uh, he's kind of part of the reason why you lost today. And that sucks. Uh, he, I mean, he was looking so good at one time. Like, I forget the stat. I think, was he like 12 of 13? And the only incomplete pass he had was that first attempt to Marvin Hall. Yeah. At, at, yeah, at some point he completed 15 straight passes. Yeah, there there was a stretch where Matthew Stafford like looked like he was just dialed in and looked like he was locked in. And then a really bad interception in the red zone and then a really bad interception in the end zone and Yeah, he doubled down on his mistakes, man. It uh it hurt the Lions. And then to see him, you know, go out with a concussion and to see Chase Daniel come in, it was like 
you know what? We were just we were destined to see Chase Daniel in this game. Like whether it was going to be COVID or a concussion, like that's right. The Lions, the Lions were definitely going to be be led by Chase Daniel at some point. We saw how that went. Hi, Harris. Told you he's ready. He looked ready. That's what mattered. He looked ready, Ryan. Do you doubt the man being ready? You know, the the most popular people in this town are supposed to be the Lions backup quarterback and the backup goaltender for the Detroit Red Wings, and neither of those people are popular. And I don't even no. know if I can name who the backup goaltender for the Detroit Red Wings is. I can't even name the current starting one right now because I've been kind of dialed out. Uh, yeah, no. So it sucks. Stafford is big reason why you lost today. And look, I think we, uh, good quarterbacks, when they make a mistake, they correct, return to the field, and do better. Stafford didn't do that. He's been reg- he, it feels like sometimes his form has been regressing over multiple years. So I don't know what to do. I feel like we should go though to Jeremy. He has to give his takeaway as he's m- munching on a Milky Way. Yeah, I mean, my takeaway is just like there's no point of return now for the coaching staff. And I know a lot of people had already gotten there weeks ago, and and maybe <clears throat> maybe I should have gotten there earlier and. You know, last week, I think I sat here and said, you know, that that Colts loss was bad, but it wasn't that bad. This was a disaster. 100%. And I put 90 of it on the 90% of it on the coaches. They looked the, the game plan was God awful. The, the one thing that they do on defense or claim to try to do on defense is to take away their biggest weapon. And, and does anyone want me to read Delvin Cook's stat line right now? Does anyone need Ooh. me to read Delvin Cook's stat line right now? I would prefer not to. Hit well, me. I'm going to do it anyways. 22 rushes for 206 yards, two touchdowns, and two catches for 46 yards. So you, you, you did a good job holding him below, just, just barely above 250 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns. Great job there. Offensively speaking... Do you want me to pull up my own tweet? Because guess what? If you're watching on Twitch, I'm going to. Matthew freaking Stafford is playing in this game. The Vikings have zero cornerbacks, and you attempt one pass 15 yards down the field. One. And when did that happen, Ryan? Do you remember when it happened? Uh, I believe it was the very first play of the game. That's correct. And they decided, you know what? Matthew Stafford missed him by a couple yards. Let's just never try that again. It's not like Marvin Hall had two, two steps on that guy. Let's just never do that again. Nothing good yeah, happens when you go downfield. Instead, you know what? Let's just run the ball. You know what? Swiking's defense isn't very good uh, stopping the run. We can get ourselves a good, you know, four or five yards per carry. And guess what? Congratulations, Detroit Lions. You finished with 129 yards on the ground and 4.8 yards per carry. Great job. Now, where, yeah, did, where lo- did that get you? Oh, 20 points? And, and seven of those, those were garbage time points? Great. Maybe we should maybe reconsider what this team is all about and what this team is trying to do because running the ball isn't doing the thing, the team a, a goddamn thing. Hey, I know what the team's doing well. What's that? Punt rush. Great. And that's not I, helping either. I don't even think that's on them. I think the Minnesota <laughs> punt punts is just team is just bad. Yeah, I'm, I, I love watching the Lions take their most offensive potent weapons and deciding they need to throw. Uh, excuse me if I'm screwing up this term screen passes out to, uh, to get to receivers and running backs, like four yards behind the line of scrimmage and they immediately get tackled for a loss. That's all. That's cool. That's a great use of our, of our weaponry there. 
tell tell me why Danny Amendola is this team's best option because it's not. <laughs> why is Quintus Cephas? Why is Marvin Hall? Why is Marvin Jones? When we're three quarters through this game, they have a total of five targets between them. Where's TJ Hawkinson? I mean, he's he's getting some targets. Hawkinson he, had what eight in this game? Eight targets, five catches. Caught I, the like, garbage touchdown. Like they don't have they don't have corners. They don't have corners. Marvin Jones. I know Marvin Jones doesn't get a lot of separation, but he's good. He's better than freaking three, four targets in a game. Marvin Hall beat his guy on the very first play of the game, and you don't go back to him like until three or four drives, quarters later. What are we doing with this team? What do we do? We get all of these wide receivers and tight ends and all these offensive weapons in the passing game, and you decide, you know what? No, let's hand it to a 35-year-old. Let's throw it to the 35-year-old five <laughs> times. Why, why, is Ad- why did Adrian Peterson get five targets and DeAndre Swift got five targets? And Carrion Johnson got, I believe, three targets in there too. Yeah, but Carrion Johnson should be playing ahead of Adrian Peterson. Like, it's right. not even yeah, close. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. like, Adrian Peterson, here's, here's the thing that's also super frustrating. I think it goes to Jeremy's point, too. Like, I think we all bought in a little bit to the fool's gold that was last year. And we all said, hey, Matthew Stafford was playing like an MVP for the first half of the season. If he wouldn't have gotten injured and the Lions would have had him the second half, things would have been different. Let's see what things look like the next year. Let's, you know, Matt Patricia finally got all of his guys. Jamie Collins. Hey, great tackle on that third and long where you should have had Dalvin Cook and he absolutely obliterated your ankles. Finally got Danny Shelton. Hey, nice penalty last week. And I didn't see you did anything worthwhile on film against the Vikings. No. Deron Harmon. Completely losing his composure. And a bad penalty. Like, Patricia got all of his guys. He has Matthew Stafford. There are no more excuses anymore. He's got to go. Like, and I hate calling for people's jobs, but it's just a necessary thing that has to happen for this franchise to move forward. Yeah, I hate to be the guy who needs to get fired guy, but, the, like, do it whenever. It doesn't matter if you do it now because there's no saving this season. I don't care if you want to promote Braden Coombs or if you want to make Daryl Bevel the head coach, whatever. I don't care. That doesn't matter. But Matt Patricia cannot be your head coach next year, and Bob Quinn cannot, cannot be your general manager. At the like very those least. Two, those two have to go. Yeah, at the very least, you've got to call it a change of scenery because it's not going to happen with these guys. Uh, in place of penthouse or doghouse, we prepared something new for you folks. Listening at home, we usually play penthouse or doghouse. We tell you who is stock up, who is stock down for some players. There's no such thing happening this week. Instead, we have a game called I'm Not Mad, I'm Disappointed. We're going to tell you more about that next on the Pride of Detroit POD cast as we keep breaking down this hellish turd of a game and I believe the twilight of the Patricia era, or at least the start of the twilight, because I think this is just going to get dragged on like a bad TV show that just keeps getting one more season but he's not going to get one more season just until the end of the year we'll see though we'll be right back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast
And welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast as Doomsday continues in the city of Detroit as Lions fans quickly lose whatever shred of remaining hope they may have had for the Patricia year. They did not believe in the power of rocket science. And this is the result. You guys didn't believe hard enough. You didn't believe in the magic. You didn't believe in the progress of getting win of a rid of a nine and seven coach. So you could struggle to win nine games over multiple years. Happy to be here. Yeah. Happy to be here. We're all having fun. No, 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 no. I, I am. Look, there, there's a, there's a habit to check out when a team is that bad. I'm not feeling that just because I, I want to see this thing to the bitter end. I want to see where this story ends because it's going to be a bitter story but it's going to be one that's going to be, uh, I think, interesting to tell at the end of the day. To that end, let's play something we call I'm Not Mad, I'm Just Disappointed. Because I think as we've been evinced in our opening segment, our opening monologues, we are mad. We're very mad at what has been going on. However, I think that this is a chance to dial back and tell you that I'm not actually mad at this guy or this component of the team. You're just disappointed. They just didn't do well. You're willing to give them maybe a little bit of a pass, or maybe they're just really hurting you deep that they are playing that bad. And you just wish they would stop. The, they they got to think about your feelings too. Because feelings don't care about facts. And feelings are good. We like to feel feelings, don't we, Ryan? Not particularly, no. Well, okay. Not right now. <laughs> I tried. All right, uh, Jeremy, this is your this is your idea. So why don't you start us off? Who are you not mad at? Just really disappointed. Corey Unlin. I'm not mad at him because let's be honest, it's not his defense that he's running. It's Matt Patricia show. But I am disappointed that this team continues to trot out 10 guys on defense consistently. Probably it's probably on him at least a little bit there. He's in, he's in control of his guys and it's unacceptable. And, and I mentioned this in our post game show <clears throat> in terms of issues with this team running 10 guys out there for three plays amongst 120 in the past two weeks, not high in the priority list of, of biggest errors, biggest issues. Certainly the run defense has to be up there. Certainly the secondary has to be up there. Certainly the lack of linebackers have to be up there. Certainly the lack of pass rush has to be up there. Certainly the fact that they don't throw the ball on offense has to be up there. But I'm fucking sick of seeing it. I'm sorry. Like, you might have to put out a uh, uh, adult warning with this, but I'm, I'm not holding back in this podcast. Word. Um, I'm, I, I, you can't make this mistake more than once in a game, let alone three times in a, in, in a matter of two weeks and, and even really a fourth time on, on the blocked punt last week. Um, so Corey Umlin, not mad. I might sound mad and I might actually be mad, but I'm just going to say to you, I'm disappointed. That's good. Mm. I am not mad, but I am very disappointed. In and I've, I've been coming to ossify this a little bit. I'm, I'm not, I'm just disappointed in Jeff Okuda right now. I'm not mad at him. You're a rookie. I totally get it. You've been thrown to the wolves your first season in the NFL. 
And I think it's, I'm seeing a lot of people already starting to write him off like he was Tease Tabor. Let me remind people of what Jeff Okuda was coming out of the draft. Jeff Okuda, there were some people saying you take him over Chase Young. That's what the kind of talent was around Jeff Okuda. That's the kind of talent the Detroit Lions were handed. That is the kind of talent that they were told, hey, develop this and this will be right. And it's the kind of talent that they just really, they threw out there and they shrugged their shoulders like, all right, do what you can out there. I worry that that'll hurt Jeff Okuda's progress. I worry because he is struggling like hell. And yet, I can't be mad at him because I know it's not his fault. He doesn't get to choose that. I'm just disappointed because this seems like the start of a, a bad start to a career. That's what it seems like to me. Other guys on this team, I am absolutely mad at. I'm not disappointed. I'm disappointed in them, but I'm also mad at them. In the case of Jeff Okuda, I'm not mad at him. The rest of the backfield, kind of mad at. Ororie, probably should know better. I don't know. But Okuda, and I don't know, man. You're you're not mad. You're just disappointed. Yeah, that's that's the name of the game. Let's That's go with that again. Okay, yeah. I mean, I can tell you who I'm mad at, but not disappointed. You mean backwards? Well, I Strike was just going to flip it on its. I was going to flip it on its head and say like it's who just, I'm mad at, but not disappointed. I was going to say but, this is like this is like the year where you kept saying you left your wife. Yeah. Inst- instead of what the meme actually is, is my wife left me. You're just right. going to flip things around regardless. You have no regard for given convention of how the English language works. Despite no. being a teacher of English, not me. That's not okay. me. But um, okay. So yeah. who am I not mad at, but I'm disappointed in is Matt Prater. Um, mm. you know it's awesome when here's here's the thing with Matt Prater this year, right? Is he misses that field goal against Indy, and at, like, I mean things start burning down. Like people are losing their minds on Twitter. Matt Prater is such a huge problem. The Lions need to investigate the kicking issues, this, that, and the other thing. It wasn't a big deal. Like, Prater missed a field goal. Do you know that there's been times in his career where he's kicked 73% for a season, and he's kicked 76% for a season? That's not the norm, but Matt Prater's done that before, so this isn't necessarily uncharted territory. But today's kick definitely made me concerned because he's reverting back to where he was early on in his career, where he maybe wasn't as accurate as he, he eventually became. I mean, this is a guy who led the NFL in 2013 when he had a 96.2 field goal percentage this year. He is, uh, I believe he's 14 for 20. So he's perfectly 70%. And I'm not mad at Matt Prater because the Lions problems and the reason why I, I I got kind of confused when everybody on Lions Twitter decided to pile on Matt Prater. And it's like, hey, like even for today, he misses he misses that field goal. Are, are you watching the Lions run defense? Are you watching the Lions defense at all three levels? Do you see that the way that Minnesota is literally cutting through your defense on each and every single play? Whether it's Dalvin Cook running it off the running it off the end, or it's 
Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson, somebody's making a play. Like, it was just, it's so beside the point. So I'm not mad at him. I'm just disappointed that we don't have the sure-footed Prater anymore. And that's probably going to be another change going into next season. I got another one. Can I keep going? Yeah, let's yeah, just Yeah, sure. Going. Why not? We got plenty of time. <clears throat> Everson Griffin. I'm not mad, but I am disappointed. A lot Bro, of bark and no t- bite, baby. You spent the entire week mad because Mike Zimmer said you were a good player. And listen, that's fine. Even in, even in pregame stuff too, right, Jeremy? Yeah, he was he was chirping on, on the Viking sideline and whatever. Like, I'm fine. You come in motivated. If it's the small slight and you take extra motivation for it, I'm all for it. We saw it work for Michael Jordan. Yeah. I don't care. Like, I, I, I know you're acting ridiculous, but if it gets you amped on game day and, it, it, and you show some spark there on the field, great. But you know what? Barely saw you out there today, bud. And again, I'm not mad. It's your first game with a new team. Probably a new system. They had you playing a lot of three and five tech, which I'm not sure made a lot of sense. I'd, I'd kind of like to see a little bit more of you on the edge. But the Lions had absolutely no pass rush. And part of that is probably because this team was just desperately trying to stop the run and not even considering a pass rush because they only threw the ball 20 times. They rushed it, what, 34? So pass rush was probably not on the coach's mind too much, but you come out with that much fire. You, you go at your former coach for saying something perfectly fine. You don't show up on game day. I'm not mad. Disappointed. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else I'm disappointed with. Not really. I could force something out about DeAndre Swift or Chase Daniel, maybe. But I don't think I, I don't think it's necessary. Do you have anyone, Ryan? Yeah, I do have somebody else in mind. Matthew Stafford. Mm. I'm See, not mad. I am mad at him, though. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at Matthew Stafford because this franchise, where would it be without him? Like over the past 10 years. Like, where would this franchise be without Matthew Stafford? Yeah, I'm not. It would have been. It would have been. It would have been some really, really interesting television. Yeah, right. No, it would have been not even worthwhile television to watch. Like that 2016 season was one of the most entertaining seasons. And I'm not mad at Matthew Stafford. I'm just disappointed that he's not the quarterback who everybody thought he was last season this year. And I bought into that. I bought into those eight games last year. I bought into the fact that Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones and a second year TJ Hawkinson. Like I bought into all that stuff. I bought into DeAndre Swift. I bought into this offense being the strength of this team. This team doesn't have a strength. We can make jokes and we can say it's special teams. And and we can hang that banner if we'd like. But at this point, I'm just disappointed that the Lions are never going to accomplish anything with Matthew Stafford. That's the most disappointing thing, is that for all of the, you know, all of the, like, you know, terrible, crappy moments that he had to go through in Detroit, you know, the losing seasons with Jim Schwartz. The injuries. The injuries, the, I mean, all that stuff. Even, like, I talk about the 2016 season so much, but, like, tore ligaments in his throwing hand. Still found a way to get out there and play. Like, this guy is a competitor in every sense. 
And it's just, it's so disappointing that he's never going to accomplish anything in Detroit. And I know there's the stupid Justin Verlander parallel. Yes, I will be objectively happy if Matthew Stafford goes somewhere else, if he goes somewhere else and experiences success. But I'm going to be so, I'm going to be so ticked off. I'm going to be happy for him, but I'm going to be ticked off that he's not wearing Honolulu blue. Like. Yeah. I don't, don't want to be mad. I don't want to see it happen. I don't want to see it happen. I want it for him, but I don't want to see it happen. Yeah. Once he, once he takes us the Honolulu blue, I've kind of stopped. Like he's, he's open fodder to me. So, um, speaking of which I have one more, I'm not mad at disappointed with, and that is Sheila Ford Hamp. I'm not mad because being mad at the owner is kind of a loser's prospect. They don't listen to you. They have no control over game day. Well, all I got to ask Sheila Ford Hamp is, as I'm sitting here disappointed, is what more do you got to see out of this general manager and coach? I'm assuming you're watching the games. What more do you got to see out of the Boston boys? What more do you got to see? That's the only question I got. I just want an answer to it. What more do you have to see out of all of the Asian acquisitions of Bob Quinn slamming that wall and not producing anything more than the squirt of Matt Patricia chosen by Bob Quinn faffing about and losing a game after game after game. The fans more and more mad It's a COVID year, but you really want this stain to sit around for, for 2021 where there might be stands back fans back in the stands. No, you I, I say to you, I think you've seen enough. You know what needs to be done. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed that it hasn't happened already. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe I'll change my mind. Just thought we would have enough by now. Who knows? All right, I got one more. Okay, one more, and then we'll uh, move on to the next segment. Last one. And again, this one might be where I, uh, I eventually work myself up into being mad, but at this point, not mad. I'm just disappointed, Daryl Bevel. And I, I, in the first segment, I went into everything about the passing game, but we got to talk about the situational football too. We got to talk about the third and goal from the one yard line where you have Adrian Peterson in the game. You don't have any wide receivers in the game. You telegraph again, what you're going to do. And even you managed to mess that up even further by running a stretch play with Adrian Peterson to the outside, taking away the one thing he still has left, which is straight line speed and power. You say, you know what? No. Let's run him to the outside. Let's make it so that everyone on that Vikings defense can beat him to the edge. Let's talk about a third and one. You go to Danny Amendola on second down, he drops it. You go and basically run the exact same play. He's not open. Nothing. What are you doing here? What is this team good at? When it's in a a money situation like that, why are we giving the ball to the the worst players on the team? You got a DeAndre Swift. You got a TJ Hawkinson. You got Marvin Jones, who has three touchdowns in two games. And you're giving it to Danny Amendola? And freaking Adrian Peterson? Is there like an AARP discount on this team? What's happening? Why? Lions are a gold... I was going to say, I truly think that Daryl Bevel maybe was just having some like flashbacks. I think maybe he thought that he was like in Minnesota and he had the Adrian Peterson that he could run like stretch and outside zone plays with. 
But yeah, that that one play call, Jeremy, was so bad. Like it was so telegraphed. Like I remember just looking at it and saying, like, this is going to be a run play for Adrian Peterson and the Vikings are going to stop it and the Lions are going to be stuck. I mean, like third and one there. If you want to run Adrian Peterson up the middle, fine. Worst things. Worst thing that happens there is he doesn't get any yards. And then maybe you try it again on fourth down and we're all happy. That's great. But you run the edge. What are you doing? What are you doing? So it turns out I am mad. Sorry. I'm not disappointed. I'm mad at you, Daryl Bevel. I'm mad. No, I do agree that the Lions are probably the equivalent of a golden corral right now. And uh, I, I think the chocolate fountain is broke. Not the chocolate fountain in front of Jeremy's hands right now. I, I might have gold. a chocolate fountain coming this way pretty soon. To Jesus be, Christ. To be honest. I haven't needed. eaten okay. a piece of candy in about I 10 don't. minutes because I've eaten 10 already. Wow. Inappropriate. For that, we will punish Jeremy by taking a break. And when we come back, the final capstone on this crappy POD cast. See what I did there? Uh, we're going to talk about the coaching staff. And what happens next, what we want to see happen next, I think is the right way to go about it because we are three losers with no real power what to speak of, but we have the voices of you, the fan, to think of. So we'll be right back and take care of that on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Is the podcast crappy or are the things we're talking about on the podcast crappy? I'm just confused by the use of the adjective. Yes. Got it. Wrapping up the Pride of Detroit POD cast, kind of a quick one here. I think we've been wanting to do shorter podcasts, and this is a great time to do it because this team sucks. They are unserious, and you do not need to take them seriously because they're not serious about football. They're serial, but nothing else. Uh, What do we want to do about this coaching staff? We keep circling this question. We keep coming back to it. We ping-ponged a few times, but I think, Jeremy, this ball is finally in the proper dang court. And that is the Lions ain't going nowhere fast. With Patricia, with Daryl Bevel, with Bob Quinn, maybe not even with Coombs. I don't trust anyone that's currently on that sideline for the Detroit Lions or in their front office, to be, to be honest. And I believe I am not alone. And that feeling is becoming is irrational. But I feel that I have more and more evidence to be irrational, especially as we look at what this team is and where it is going. Because I look at this team right now and I see a team that has decided their talent ain't good enough and all that's got to come is a a looming rebuild. Then you're in denial about it. This team's going to suck for a few years, but... It ain't going to be Patricia rebuilding it. And it's not going to be Bob Quinn rebuilding it. It can't be. It can't be because they're the reason you got here in the first place. Well, look, I, I just want to jump in real quick. Okay. And the thing I want to say is we, we can talk about the hottest coordinators in the NFL. We can talk about whatever college football name about who we want to take over for the Detroit Lions. Okay. And no, no Lane Kiffin, Chris. Damn. Okay. I wasn't even going to bring up any names here. I'm just, you know, where it comes next, but continue. Right. I, I think with where we need to be is exactly where you said. And I think Lions fans just need to be accepting of the next couple of years. 
they need to understand that in order for things to get turned around, P- Patricia and Quinn, like they, they both have to be gone. Otherwise, you're just watching reruns. You're literally doing the thing you do before you fall asleep where you're turning on the same Netflix show and you're watching it until you go to bed because it's comforting. It's fine. I did it with Frasier for about a year and a half and then they took it away from me. Okay. But (laughs) I did it with with two years with law and order SVU on USA, like great for insomnia. Great, great. And you know what? Detroit lions football. Great for insomnia. You know what I mean? Like the the thing is, is it it needs to change. And if it doesn't change, then you're going to be stuck in a rut and you're going to be stuck spinning your wheels, trying to convince not only yourself, but they're trying to convince you that they are the right people for the job. They're not. They're not. It's <clears throat> it's not Bob Quinn. It's not Matt Patricia anymore. It, it needs to be somebody else. It needs to be a different voice in the locker room. And quite frankly, it needs to be different personnel. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I already said, you know, I kind of reached my boiling point here with the coaching staff and there's no coming back. You know, before I had said, you know, we're not even halfway to the season. Maybe we should all just take five. God, but I'm not there terrible. anymore. I'm not there anymore. I, I'm I'm at a point, and and we've had this discussion already in the in the past. Like, do we want it to happen now? Do we want it to happen later? Does it even matter? I say, you know what? Let's just send them on their milky way. I see what he did there. Did you see what he did there, Ryan? I don't think you saw what he did there. It was very clever. I ate a Milky Way. I ate a Milky Way. You are terrible. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I can't do this with you two. I am literally about to collapse from exhaustion. And you two are making puns. You need a break? Why wait? Chris, don't go towards the light. (laughs) I... I hate all of you. <laughs> there, the dam's broken. Now I've gone from being Mr. Cool and Collected about the Detroit Lions to just the monarch. You don't understand. I hate everything right now. I'm all hate. As, as, as chat is seeing, the POD cast is now canceled. Pack it up. We are done here. And yet somehow we still have a few more minutes to go. Listen, well, I... That- Okay, yeah. I was just gonna just really quick topic. Like, does anything happen this week? Do you think? Do you think there's any chance that anything happens either Monday, later in this week? At what? I mean, I, I, we, we, I think we had this question a couple of weeks ago. At what point does it become too much midseason? I don't think it happens this week because they're going to sell it. Is that they can still turn things around? Serious doubt. But Washington is coming up next. And I guess my question is, before I answer anything else, is can the Lions beat Washington? I don't want them to. I want Alex Smith to look like a goddamn superstar. He Did he get injured or no? Kyle, the other guy. No, got Kyle, I think Kyle Allen like broke his leg. <laughs> Kyle too. Allen is. is so yeah. if, if you play for the Washington football team. Be careful of your legs. Take great care of them. But yeah, I, I I'm with Chris. I don't think it happens this week. Um, I don't. I don't know if a like a loss to Washington is the final nail in the coffin either. Um, I've got the date. I think I said it on a podcast before. Maybe Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thanksgiving. You lose to the Texans on Thanksgiving. Yeah, if the Lions lose to the Texans on Thanksgiving, who I mean, they just squeaked out a win against 
uh, I don't even know his name. I think, yeah, I know, but they, Gardner Minshew wasn't playing. It was, it was Jake Luton. Some other Jake Lutton. Lutton. Yes. Wow. I didn't even know that. The Texans had to pull out a, a narrow victory over Jacksonville this week. So if the Houston Texans come in on Thanksgiving, I completely agree, Chris. If, if they, if they take your lunch money on, if they eat your entire helping of green bean casserole on Thanksgiving day, they can have the green beans. Don't touch the pumpkin pie though. They can have the fruit salad. That's true. I think it could happen sooner. I'm not saying I don't have any inside sources. First of all, let me be clear. Um, Haven't heard anything, but these weren't just two losses. These weren't just two losses to bad to mediocre teams. These were blowouts two in a row where this team did not look like they stood a chance. They belong like they belong the same damn league. No, they looked awful. And so if they come out next week and lose by two scores, three scores, 20 points, 17 points, football team that you lose by three scores, the football team. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I agree with you. That won't happen. Washington is really bad, but it, it won't happen. Because if it does happen, Jeremy, there's no way that Matt Patricia can keep his job. You know who could right. beat you by like three scores, though? The Panthers now with Christian McCaffrey, who come after Washington. Teddy Two Gloves is going to absolutely tear apart this defense. Like, you, you thought we couldn't stop Dalvin Cook. Watch what happens when it's Teddy and McCaffrey out there. Who's going to stop Terry McLaurin next week? <laughs> Was going to stop Deshaun Watson on Thanksgiving. All right. So, yeah. I mean, Matt Patricia could get the boot this season. And it could happen as soon as maybe next week if he has a really bad showing against Washington. But if you fire him, you fire Bob Quinn too, right? Yes. They're a package deal. I mean, I started off this podcast not really thinking about the benefits to doing that in the middle of the season. But you know what? There's a like the reason why I wasn't thinking there are a lot of benefits to firing Matt Patricia is because who on staff do you want to, you know, take over for him? And then B, I didn't think about how those two are tied together. Like, I didn't think about how, like, if Matt Patricia goes, well, then you're going to fire Bob Quinn. And there's actually, I think, a tangible benefit to doing that. Because you can start scouting now like for the players that you want to have, like if you're going to have some kind of like interim GM, that's going to like pass things off to, to somebody else. At least you can start head, like at least you can start pushing the franchise in a different direction. Right? Like, is, is that the tangible benefit? If it really even is one. I mean, I, the, I guess the issue there is who, who is that person? Who is the person doing that personnel job? Is it, is it, is it one of the forwards? Is it one of the pro or, or college personnel guys who, I mean, whoever's doing that job is either doing it, knowing that they, they aren't going to have a job next year, or it's probably someone that's not really all that prepared to do the job. I think unless, unless you think there's someone like I'm, I'm trying to scroll through, you know, their Lance Newmark is their director of player personnel. Kyle O'Brien is a guy that's involved in a lot of that sort of stuff, but a lot of those guys have Patriot size too. So you imagine they're probably out, one foot out the door as well. Yeah. Well, so I've talked myself back into there being no real tangible benefit to firing Matt Patricia during the season. (laughs) That took all of like 
three and a half minutes, but you tested. I I did. Um, the one other interesting thing is Matthew Stafford. Should he be the quarterback going into next season? No, I'm sorry, but no. Does does he live through another head coach? I don't think he wants to. I've got a lot of questions and I don't think they're here nor there for the podcast right now, but I've got a lot of questions about where Stafford's mind is right now with this team, because I believe from everything I've kind of seen and heard, like this guy, he, how can he not be frustrated right now? How can he not be frustrated and almost probably at the wits end? And to be honest, he's just going to keep getting out there and just almost getting hurt with what's going on too with, the offensive line with the kind of sacks he's taking, um, you know, went through concussion protocol here today, got off a COVID list, eventful week for, for Maddie. And yet at the same time, like I, I know I quibbled with Jeremy on our post game show about this. I don't know what you get back for Stafford, but if you're someone new coming in, you have to be cognizant of that. This is going to be a full rebuild and you probably got to try to get something for Stafford while you can. He's not going to sit through a full rebuild, even if it's a fast like because the cupboard is very bare. This isn't going to be a quick turnaround rebuild like we've seen with a couple other franchises out here in the NFL the last few years, because there's not a lot like you've wasted some of your draft picks on these projects that haven't panned out, like, say, Tease Tabor or Amir Abdullah. And you've also signed a lot of guys to very short-term contracts besides, like, I believe, uh, Trey Flowers. So you don't have a lot of draft capital. You don't have a lot of young guys, is what I'm saying. Like, you've had a lot of draft swings and misses that have resulted in spending a lot of money on pieces to replace those swings and misses. And now you're, once again, back to square one with, I mean, you could go sign a bunch of guys who are just coming off their rookie deals or hitting the market or whatever, but... I mean, man, that's that's it's a rough ass. It's a rough ass to kind of rebuild on the fly. And I don't think Stafford wants to sit, sit around for that. And I can't blame him, especially when you can get <clears throat> something for him. Yeah, I mean, he's their most tradable asset. There's there's no question about it. Um, my question is, like, do you it, it, it depends. I can't tell you right now whether I want Matthew Stafford on this team in 2021 or not it, a lot depends on who the new head coach is a lot depends on where the Lions' next draft pick is are they in a position to to take a guy in the top 10 in the top five is that where we're at a lot of that i think factors in part of me is like i think the ideal situation is you you hold on to him for one more year you, you could also draft a rookie and and kind of just sit him for a year or sit him for a half a year or to, until whenever you get sick of stafford um, I, I realize part of that is my emotional atten- attachment to Stafford, having been the best quarterback this team has seen in 40 years, in 50 years, maybe even longer than that. Um, I still do believe he can be a franchise quarterback. I still do believe he can be a, be a playoff quarterback. I, I I don't know if it's here anymore. It's if If the Lions hit the full reset button, it's probably not here in 2021. So maybe you make that trade, but... I have to wait for all the pieces to fall into place before I make that judgment. Yeah, I you know what? I agree with that. Like you, it's, it's a wait and see there. Uh, any last words, Ryan? No, I, I think that's a great place to be with Stafford. It, I, ideally, you would hope that you could get a amicable situation where you start the rebuild. Like Jeremy said, 
draft a quarterback, maybe develop him behind Stafford for a year because, to be quite frank, he's got a really team-friendly deal considering his talent level um, and what he's going to cost next season. But at the same time, like, don't you want to just start over? Like, don't don't you want to just, like, hit the reset button completely? Like, if, if you're cleaning house with Patricia and Quinn, are you going to do... I mean, this is going to be Stafford's, what, fourth head coach? That's a lot. Yeah, I guess. It's just hitting for, the for reset a- button on your GM, on your coach, on your, like... We've never been in Detroit where two of those things have lined up, GM, coach, and quarterback. I mean, we've really only gotten one ever, and it's Stafford. And so hitting the reset button on all those, it's probably necessary, but it scares the hell out of me. We have to find the right coach. We have to find the right GM. We have to find the right quarterback. It took us 60 years to find the right quarterback. We're still looking for that coach. And the GM didn't even, I mean, like, this is why I feel so hopeless right now, is that we're... Standing on the edge of this cliff, we have no idea what's underneath us. There's just a, a cloud of, of emptiness that we, I mean, we could be stepping out and, and there, there might be stairs that lead us to salvation. There's more Justin than Fields. likely a huge drop, though, and that scares the crap out of me because it's not easy to find a quarterback. We, I, I know we all look and say like, oh my God, look, look too, I had a really good game today. Oh my God, look. Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson and and like, listen, yeah, that's great. But it doesn't happen with everyone. The Bears, look at the Bears. Let me just say this. You know what you have right now, and you know that it's not getting better. In fact, it's crashing pretty hard. You know what you have right now. So for me, the answer to jump, I like my odds. That's all. I like my odds. Look, for Detroit Lions football, we like our odds that we might not die. I don't know. I ate a lot of candy tonight. I might die. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. All right, let's get out of here because I'm sure you've got to take care of that. I'm about to collapse because I have been without sleep for three days. And Ryan is uh, busy. Because he's a busy man. Yeah. Can I say one last thing? What's up? And this is just for Lions fans. I understand that it's so annoying to hear either us or to hear other people say like, well, you just got to be patient. Like, I mean, that's what we've been doing with Matt Patricia for the past couple of years. You just got to be patient. You got to wait for everything to, to, to align. Right. With Jim Caldwell, it was, you just got to be patient. Like eventually one of these years will be in the playoffs and, and the lions will win a playoff game. And now you have, you know, three of us blowhards just talking about like, you're going to have to be patient for a little bit longer. But that's just necessary. It's required. It sucks. It's going to be long. But like, I, I think the goal of this podcast, like moving forward for the rest of the season, is trying to find the bright spots of what might work in the future. Because you got you to gotta, you gotta look forward to something. Like, I mean, today with the Lions game, like, I lost my patience. Like I tuned out. I didn't even watch any of the fourth quarter because I knew this game was over. Right. It was such a beautiful day outside. There's so many other things you can be doing on a Sunday. But like you have to you have to be optimistic and you have to you have to take a look at what the Lions have that is transferable. Leave all the dead weight, Matt, Patricia, Bob Quinn, all that stuff in the past. But you got to find something to root for this season. I 
have found, I think my pledge is that I just need to be, I need to find the funny in it. And I know Jeremy and I had it out because he doesn't see anything funny about this. I kind of do. I, I just, I, maybe that's my, been my way of coping with the lion's failures for about 10 years now. It hasn't, uh, it hasn't produced too much, but you know what? It's kept me sane, except for one moment in 2014 where I lost it all. And I lost it all, and I raged for a good long week. Uh, we haven't been doing a lot of funny this year. I think we do need to uh, find that here. I'm going to go find the funny while I'm also looking for the 11th man that skipped out on that Dalvin Cook 70-yard running touchdown. We'll find it somewhere. And I'll probably post more Jim Caldwell memes along the way. But... I think the the er, the the inclination is, hey, let's just check out and come back when they're good. I don't know, man. If you're really a fan of this team, like you'll you'll watch them regardless, and you'll just cope. It's just what it is. If you like watching the team, you like watching the team. If you want to go do something else, that's on you. For me, I'm telling you, I like watching this team, even when they suck, even when it gets me down. Because at the very least, I can extract some sort of self-deprecating humor out of it. And you know what? That's worth all the steps along the way. It's actually not, but you know, it, 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 it justifies itself that I'm just not wasting my time. Jeremy, final words before we get out of here? I don't find anything funny about the 80th time, 80th rerun of the show. I'm ready. I'm ready for it to be gone. I'm ready for the show to be canceled. Please don't cancel podcast. We'll see. What are you doing? No, <laughs> stop. No, no. Oh, God. See you, Starside.